0: Burke asked me to direct The Jewish Wife, which is um, the, a short play of the sort of larger collection of Furcht and Elend des Dritten Reichs, so that's The Fear and Misery of the Third Reich. And um, so it's basically a couple of very short plays that Brecht wrote between 1935 and 39, whilst he already was in exile. And we kind of read the play together, we found a nice translation. You know, the English translations can be very different to the German original. Um, And because it's a very short play, and Eva suggested that maybe the whole performance could be a bit longer, we decided to include a couple of poems, so that there's sort of a a prologue of poems and an epilogue of poems that kind of go around the play itself. And, And tell me about
1: the poems. Are they original?
0: Yes, we were very lucky. I started looking up and researching into poems because obviously I wanted them to have some sort of relation to the play itself. And what I found was um, around the same time as Brecht um, developed the Fear and Misery, Um, He was also working on what is called the Svendborg Gedichte, which is the Svendborg Poems. And I originally had them only in German, but there's two of them where he thinks about what it means to be an immigrant and what exile does to humans and how to cope with being forced to live in places one doesn't chose to live in. And, of course, I only had them in German, but then Eva got in touch with a professor at Oxford University, and he, um, his name is Tom Coon, and he's been very helpful. And he's actually working on a translation of these poems. And he's very kindly um, let us use those translations.
1: Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So, they, in fact, this will be their first outing in, in the UK.
0: So, I think so, because I'm not sure. I think some of them might have been published already, oh. but I know some of them haven't been published yet. Mm. And obviously, we might be the the first people to actually sort of put them on a stage or
1: you know yes well certainly people. it sounds as if you're the first people to actually do them with with actors so just let's talk yeah. about your actors because you've you've got these two actors Susanna Fiore and yeah. Peter Halpin um it, she sounds yeah. as if she's Italian from that beautiful name but anyway tell me more about she's
0: them Background yeah is is um I think her parents are, are Italian Susanna Fiore she will be playing the character of the wife in The Jewish Wife, and Peter Helping will be the husband, and the poems will be performed by both of them. And then we've also got Elon Lazarus, who is the pianist, who will accompany the whole performance with various music pieces. So we're thinking at the moment something by Mahler or Schoenberg, but we have, we're still in the process of kind of developing sort of what piece of music is suitable. And, um, yeah, with Sue, I have worked before, and she's um, she's also a singer and very musical, as is Peter, actually, so it will be quite nice to start working on the poems and the rhythm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to starting to work with them.
1: So who's woven all this together, then? That is you, isn't it? It's, your, well, it's
0: me and Eva, really. So, mm. as I said before, um, when Eva approached me to direct the play mm. itself, then um, we decided we wanted it to be a bit longer mm. and um, we both kind of, well, I found these poems and I, you know, kind of always was checking back with her whether she thought mm. that was suitable. And um, the pianist, Ilan, he was on board from the beginning. So Eva basically just said, look, these are the terms and conditions that we can provide and you decide what you kind of want to do with it. And I am also brought on board a set designer. Her name is Raza salimonovic so she's got a very long name, she's from Guania because I thought it would be quite interesting to have a little bit of a visual um, atmosphere to the whole performance as well. So I'm very happy to have her on board, because she just has really good ideas of keeping things simple, but at the same time making an impact. So I think that will all fit together very nicely. And still, obviously, I want to keep in with the Brechtian style of not Mm. overflowing the stage, but just providing a couple of of points of where we go into the play where we can go into maybe a little bit more of a surreal space with the poems because when you read those poems or even actually you know the the plays itself or the the fear and misery it's just very striking to a reader from the 21st century of how many similarities there are of what is happening in the world at the moment so I always try to kind of interweave, obviously, the time and the circumstances under which the play and the poems were written, but try to connect them to the 21st century and what is currently happening yeah. in the world.
1: Well, that's what's so important. I mean, that is why, you know, the, the this situation that so many people find themselves in, in these huge movements of people, Jewish people, we are normally sympathetic, empathetic, because we... We've, <laughs> been there before, sadly. So um, that's what's so important, I think, about commemorating Yom HaShoah. I mean, people ask, why are we still commemorating Yom HaShoah in this country? Because the main um, commemoration is um, the Holocaust Memorial Day in January. But sadly, I think we have to do both. And I think what sounds as if what you're doing is a beautiful way of doing it, um, but very, very thought-provoking and, and very inclusive
0: So um I do hope, you know, that when people see the performance that they obviously as you said there is the element of commemorating the Holocaust and you know of, of, of what has already happened, but at the same time being encouraged to sort of think about what has happened currently in the world and that we're kind of, you know, going towards something that I feel personally is gonna could end very badly.
1: Yes, I think a lot of us would agree with you there. Your performance will be followed by this short Yom HaShoah ceremony, led by Rabbi Ronnie Tabit, and, the, and then another singer, which is really interesting, Aaron Isaac, who is presumably more a singer of religious music, but it does sound like the richest, most beautiful, moving evening. I hope a lot of people will come. Tell us a little bit more about the Jewish wife. I'm a great lover of Brecht, but is this probably the only time that he's really overtly looked into the Jewish predicament as he as he knew about it.
0: Um. Yes so I think um, the, the, the most interesting point and one of the most interesting points of the of this play is that as I said it's part of of a bigger collection of short plays called The Fruit and Elend of the Misery uh, of the Third Reich. And it's actually, he collected with Margarete Steffin, who was his colleague, he collected material from interviews, testimonies, and newspaper articles depicting the everyday life in the fascist Germany. It's kind of, I guess, what what we would call some a form of early verbatim theater. And the whole piece is drafted to analyze the human condition and behavior under the force of the dictatorship, and a place where sort of open communication is dangerous, that the dictatorship infiltrates the private spheres of everyone's lives. So, for example, amongst these other scenes is, for example, the story of a couple that is afraid that their young son might have denounced them over some political comments that they made in their own living room. And then, of course, we have the Jewish wife, which is um the story of... So we see... Uh, a woman packing in her living room, or basically that's what the stage direction says, and um, she makes a couple of phone calls to different people telling them that she will be going away for an unknown amount of time. And in these phone calls, we shift from her being quite sort of polite with people, so she phones a colleague of of her husband, um, but then also merges more into the last person she calls is her friend, To whom she's more open. You know, the first couple of phone calls, she's very vague about it. She's like, yeah, I need a change of air. I might go away for a little while, but it's fine. You know, but with her friend, she's actually being more precise in terms of saying I need to go now. I'm leaving this evening. and her husband, she kind of rehearses a speech to her husband to explain that she's doing this for him because we we know that he's not Jewish and she is. And he is, because of that, at work. People avoid them. Friends are not coming over. So it's it's what Brecht actually does a lot is this, this sort of collision between the private and the political and how, how the outside world infiltrates the private lives of people.
1: Again... We could say we've been there before. We know that scenario, don't we? It's very interesting. There's just been a revival of the Arthur Miller play, Broken Glass. I don't know if you know that at all. Yeah. Yes, which is pretty well the same territory, but from the other side of of the Atlantic. I mean, it's that those awful moments, those awful months, um, as the decrees against Jews kicked in and Kristallnacht, yeah. and it became up the persecution became obvious. Um, it's important we remember that and. What you said about the other pieces in, in Fear and Misery in the Third Reich, again, there's that sort of repression all over the world still. So,
0: yeah. um, I was actually just in an exhibition here in Melbourne by an Irish art artist called Richard Moss, and he has a sort of video installation about, it's called Incoming, and it's about sort of the migration and um, the war in, in Syria. And he's filmed certain... Places in Syria with this, you know, this warmth cameras that the military use, so you can't actually see the people; you just see them through their body heat in, in their environment. And there was just a little um, note on on how he came to make this installation. I obviously you know it's something that you kind of think about, but in that he kind of explains that actually since the Second World War, there hasn't been the same amount of of um, uh, the largest migration of people. Is happening in the world today since the Second World War and that's factors like war and persecution or environmental attributes but I think that's actually quite telling that you know in 2018 we have the largest migration of people around the world since the Second World War.
1: Yes uh, again as I say I wish it wasn't timely but I'm afraid it is. His work think... and your work. Yeah. Um, which brings me to you of course. So tell me a little bit more about you. You're, you're Austrian Um, Yes,
0: exactly. I'm Austrian, so I'm originally from Vienna, and I studied um, theatre and film and media studies at the University of Vienna, and then I moved to London about five years ago, and did another train with a company called Stone Crabs, they do something called the Young Directors Program, and trained sort of more as a director after I'd already been working in Vienna for a while. And so mainly these days, I mainly work actually in new writing. So I work, I'm also a dramaturg, so I kind of help people mm. write plays a lot. Um, yeah, so I think it was, it's just a really, for me, very interesting to be working on a, a classic play, if we might call it that.
1: And so have you done much Jewish work before? I mean, I don't even know if you are Jewish, actually. That's a question I should uh, ask, no, probably. I'm
0: not actually, but mm. I, well, I've worked um, with, with a couple of Jewish writers before. So I've done a show at, actually at JW3 before, where I assisted, um, which the writer, Sarah Siegel, she works at JW3 as well. So, but apart from that, it's kind of more new territory.
1: As I say, your vision that you share with Ava does sound moving and beautiful.
0: She has a very clear vision, obviously, of, of what she wanted that evening to be. But I think from the moment we met, it was clear that we would work well together.